this week's Adam Schefter podcast, it is draft week, and we will be joined by the presumptive number one overall pick of the Cincinnati Bengals, the former LSU quarterback, Joe Burrow, who joins us as he gets ready for his big night. And then we'll be joined by the man that is getting ready to coach Joe Burrow, the Cincinnati Bengals head coach, Zach Taylor. But before we get to them, first a little NFL business projecting ahead from some conversations that I've had with some people around the league that really stood out to me. And what stands out to me is, as we all wait to see when and if there will be football this season, and I think there will be, what form it will take. And I think everybody understands and recognizes that it could be potentially a little bit of a shortened season. Hopefully not, maybe not, but it could be. And it certainly could be with no fans. So I want people to think about this going forward because it's something that the NFL and the NFL Players Association soon is going to have to be thinking about. And that is if there are no fans in the stands this season, that would equate essentially to about, on average, roughly $100 million less in revenue per team for each of the 32 teams in the NFL. If we multiply that $100 million by the 32, we get $3.2 billion in lost revenue. And why is that a big deal? Because the salary cap is based off the total revenue that comes in. So if there's $3.2 billion less revenue, which is a rough number, $100 million per team, but well within the range of what is expected. And as other people pointed out, there are other financial losses as well. We are looking potentially at the salary cap dropping in 2021 by 70 to $80 million. So if the salary cap this year was about $200 million, and we take $75 million off, it's a $125 million cap. Unless the NFL and the NFLPA can agree to a new figure, and I'm sure there'll be some discussions, but if the owners are losing that money, why are they going to be willing to just give it back to the players? And the bottom line is, in this pandemic, everybody is affected. Everybody's affected in more than one way. And almost everybody's going to be affected financially. And the financial effects still have not been felt in the NFL, which hasn't played any games and hasn't lost any revenue yet. But it's going to be coming. Like it's already come to basketball and baseball and hockey. And so this is a broad picture of what it may look like. But we are looking at the fact that there may be less fans, there may be no fans. There may be less revenue, there may be a lot less revenue. There may be a situation in which the salary cap drops dramatically next year. And now you can start extrapolating that and playing it out and wondering how that affects certain teams. For instance, the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is going to want a big new contract. What if they sign Patrick Mahomes to a deal within the next three, four, five months that pays him $40 million a year? And what if the cap drops next year? $125, $130, $150 million. How are they going to be able to fit in Patrick Mahomes without all of that? And conversely, a team like the New England Patriots sheds Tom Brady's contract, has Jared Stidham on a rookie deal, will draft another rookie quarterback that'll be on a rookie deal. The Patriots may have no money accounted for 
at the quarterback position, giving them great flexibility if and when the salary cap goes down next year. And again, we're not there yet. We're a little ways off. But this is a little glimpse into the financial future of the NFL that I don't think is all that far away. And what we will get to once we get past the draft on Thursday, Friday, and Saturdays. But this is a topic that we will flush out plenty in the future when there are no games and we are left to ponder what football may look like this season. All right, before we get to Joe Burrow and Zach Taylor, first a word from State Farm. When it comes to insurance, State Farm has all the makings of a top-tier player. First, they make it look easy. Manage your coverage, pay your bill, and even file a claim from the palm of your hand with the State Farm mobile app, which was just awarded Best Insurance Mobile App 2019. And like a great teammate, they know your tendency. State Farm agents are local, so they'll help you choose coverage that fits your needs. State Farm's always there to coach you through it with the answers you need when you need them. When you want the real deal, go with State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And now, the presumptive number one pick of the Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow. Joining us now, the former LSU quarterback, the man presumed to be the number one overall pick of the draft on Thursday night, Joe Burrow, who's brought to us by Lowe's, the official home improvement sponsor of the NFL. And Joe, what is going to be your draft set up on Thursday night? Where will you be watching? Who will be with you? What will that be like? I'll just be with my mom and dad in my living room back in Ohio. You know, it's, this is a, a wild time for everybody. And not exactly how I imagined draft night, but uh, I think it'll be just as special. Why do you say wild time, Joe? I mean, this this quarantine is being crazy for everybody, not just you know people getting ready for the NFL draft, get coming into the NFL. It's a lot crazier for a lot more people than, than just us. No question about that. Now, after you won the national championship, there was that great shot of you walking to the locker room, smoking that victory cigar. Joe, be honest. Any shot you got a leftover victory cigar for Thursday night once you get picked? <laughs> no, I don't. I'm sure there are a couple laying around the house, but I don't really plan on doing that again. That, that might have been a one-time thing. <laughs> How will you celebrate Thursday night? I'll probably just keep watching the draft. See with one of my guys. Um, goes where, you know, I'm excited to see where all my teammates land. And so I'll just be you know, sitting on the couch waiting to, to hear their name called. You have so many teammates that are going to be taken in this draft. Caleb on Chasen, Lloyd Cushenberry, Grant Delpit, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Christian Fulton, Justin Jefferson, Thaddeus Moss, Patrick Queen, on and on and on. Who's the one guy that you've practiced against, that you've watched in games the last year of your teammates who you know is going to be a total stud on the next level. Does he have to be coming out this year? Well, it, it could be any year. You give me the guy that you know is going to be a total stud. I'm, when you say that, I think I know where you're going to go. <laughs> well, we have, you know, we have a lot of them. Um, but I'm going to go a little creative and, and say Derek Stingley. You know, I think he's the best young cornerback that I've ever seen. And I've been around a lot of them at Ohio State and and LSU, and he's he's the best, and it's not really even close. What what makes him so good? You know, he's well, he just plays the position so smooth, and it's not like turkey jerky, and his technique is so refined already that, and his hips are so good that it's just really really hard to get open on him. Um, 
and battles between him and Jamar every every day in practice are a lot of fun. Um, when he first got to LSU, I you know was was throwing his way about every single play, and I learned real quickly that you know, that was not going to be how I made my living in practice. <laughs> See, I thought you were going to say Jamar Chase when you started to say a guy that was not in the draft this year. That's where I thought you were going, Jamar Chase. What about him? He's going to be a stud too. We got a lot of dudes on that team that are going to be big time players in the NFL. I mean, I don't know how many first rounders we'll have this year. I'm hoping we get, you know, five or six, but Derek is as mature of a young dude as, as you'll ever meet. Um, I mean, we had, we had so many guys on that team. So who's the one guy in this draft class that you know is going to be a really good pro? Oh, I mean, we have, we have so many. Clyde, Clyde is the first one that comes to mind. I mean, he just does so many things out of the backfield that, you know, people kind of take for granted when they look at, at running backs. He's super smart in pass protection. Maybe not going to do, a lot, do it a lot this year, but he, he can do it very well. Um, Lloyd, Cushenberry, as smart as they come at center. He, he and I worked really, really hard on getting a lot of different blitzes picked up all throughout the week. Um, Justin Jefferson, obviously. Taylor Vaughn, Patrick Queen. I mean, they're, they're all so good. So what are your expectations for your rookie season? You know, I expect to play well. That's 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 one thing. Um, I expect to be preparing like I like I prepared at LSU and and continuing, you know, what I think my standard of performance is. Um, but I, I at this point, I don't really know because of all this pandemic and quarantine and all that. So I don't really you know. It's going to be tough without the OTA rep. Um, so I'm going to have to find ways to get mental reps while I'm um, here. Uh, so it'll be it'll be an interesting first year for sure. And you couldn't even say how much of a disadvantage that is because you really don't even know what you'll be missing. <laughs> like, well, I guess that's true, but you know, it's, the first first time you're you're running full full plays with your team will be you know the first day of camp. That's that's never ideal going into your first year. Now Peyton Manning talked over the weekend about the fact that you reached out to him last week for some advice. What did you take out of your conversation with Peyton Manning, Joe? Uh, I mean, I, I got a whole list of notes right here. Um, when Whenever there's a guy like Peyton that wants to share his wisdom with you, uh, it's it's an honor that he, he took the time to talk to me. Um, he didn't have to do it. And, you know, I just called him and wanted to hear his thoughts on a couple of different things because he had been through it. And I feel like, you know, we were kind of in similar situations coming into the NFL. So I wanted to see how he, he handled it and, and was able to, you know, do what he did for, for as long as he did. So you took a list of notes from him? Yeah. Talking to a guy like Peyton Manning, and if he spends an hour with you and you got a couple of questions, you're, you got to write notes about it. So you have them for a while. So what's the one takeaway that you have? That's the one thing that really made a mark in your mind. You know, I would say the main thing he kept reiterating was that your first year is you know, not going to be what, what, what you had been accustomed to, to doing. You know, teams are picking that high for a reason. And they've just got to stay even keeled throughout the whole process, continue to, to prepare every single week like, like your job depends on it, even if you're, you know, owing whatever, on 10, on 11, he's got to keep fighting. That's that's the main thing that he kept saying. You know, a lot of it, you know, we talked about a lot of different things, but it, it all came back to that. Now, Joe, before I let you go, you partnered with Lowe's during the NFL Draft Week to make some important calls to Lowe's Associates in your hometown of Athens. What is that project about? What can you tell us about it? Yeah, you know, my hometown has, has been such a big influence on me and my career so far that, you know, I wanted to find a way that I could give back. And, you know, Lowe's, Provided this opportunity for me to 
kind of connect with some of the Lowe's employees here that are still doing their jobs in this in this pandemic. And you know, I was able to to get some get some screen time with them, and it was great to to see their faces and see how how lit up they were when when they saw me on the phone. And you know, I just wanted to to give them a small token of my appreciation for what they're doing right now. Listen, how far is that drive from Athens to Cincinnati? Uh, it's about two hours and thirty minutes. I can make it in two fifteen if I'm going pretty fast. Don't don't be going too fast, Joe. Take your time. There's no reason to rush there. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Hey, Joe, I want to thank you very much for taking the time today. Good luck on Thursday night. We'll look forward to seeing you in Cincinnati wearing a Bengals uniform. And good luck with everything surrounding this big event in your life. Sure, I appreciate it. Thank you. So there's Joe Barber. Can you imagine what's going through his mind? A guy that had to transfer, a guy that's had to fight and scratch and claw for what he is. And somehow he made a meteoric rise from being viewed as a mid-round prospect to a number one overall pick in the draft. And as he said, not going to be what he imagined. But then again, who imagined that Joe Burrow would be the number one overall pick? But that's where he has, but that's where he is right now. Before we get to Zach Taylor, first a word from AT&T. Know there's a lot going on right now in the world and we're all shopping online. AT&T started doing two things that are really helpful for those who want to buy a new phone or device online. They're offering fast, free, no contact delivery and curbside pickup so that online shopping is as simple and safe as possible. On top of that, they have a flexible return policy, so you can shop at ease. You can visit att.com to learn how to shop online from the safety of your home 24-7. Subject to change, restrictions apply. And now, head coach of the team that holds the number one overall pick, Zach Taylor. And Zach, thank you very much for the time. I have to ask, what was it like to have to go through a 2-14 and 14 season to get to this point to have the number one pick Thursday night? Yeah, it's it's not exciting. Um, you know, when you're when you're not having the success that you, you plan on having and you've worked for, that part's frustrating. But uh, we think that we're building something really special, you know, and the players are bought in and the coaches are bought in. And it takes a lot of hard work, but we got to stay the course. And we still have a long ways to go, but um, there was a lot of positives to take from last year. Ever go through a season like that at any level of coaching before, Zach? No, no, I, I really haven't. Um, but again, it's, there's, there's always challenges, and, and you learn a lot from the adversity that you face, you know, maybe more so than the success that you have sometimes. And so certainly a lot of lessons that we, we took from it and we got to build on and um, make sure that they don't happen again. But again, a, a lot of positive things come out of last year, and again, we're just excited to get back to work and, and get ready for next season. Before we get to those positives, and we will, what did you learn last year going through that? Well, you're going to face – adversity is going to come in a lot of different forms, you know, whether it be um, injuries or tough losses or whatever it may be. And, and again, you, you, you preach staying positive and building the right culture. And um, I know that we showed that, you know, and our players can see that, that we've got faith in what we're doing and they got faith in how we're doing it. And so, again, it's going to take a lot of hard work, but no one's backing away from that. What are the positives that you would tell Joe Burrow, the presumed number one pick on Thursday night, or any other player that is drafted to Cincinnati? What are they stepping into? Yeah, we we got a lot of talent that's that's on this team, that's joined this team. Um, I know that everybody around that organization is really optimistic about the direction that we're headed. You know, if you would talk to our players, there, there's a lot of a lot of great energy from our players right now, and um, they've seen it. They've seen the work we put in and how close we were, and 
again, we just we didn't get it all done for four quarters each week, but um, I know that there's a lot of encouraging things that they believe in. And so, again, we're just excited to get everybody in the building now at this point who's on our roster, add these guys in the draft that we're targeting, and, and we're really excited about putting in that work and, and doing some really good things. You know who turned into one of the Bengals' biggest supporters this past week, Zach? Who's that? Mel Kuyper Jr. I want you to listen to something here that my producer, Christina, is going to play for you. Listen to what Mel Kuyper said when they brought up the idea of the Bengals not being a place necessarily that a player like Joe Burrow might want to go to. I'm disgusted by it, Greeny. It makes me sick. And I've been screaming about this for months. I hear this garbage. All, everybody wants to spew about the Bengals, and it's a horrible place to go. It's awful. you got no chance for a quarterback to have success. What are you, dreaming? You want to just throw out inaccurate information? Fine, but it, it makes me sick. The 81 and 88 may be too long ago, but they won at 81 with Kenny Anderson, 88 with Boomer Esiason. And if that's too far uh, removed, fine. Let's fast forward to 2011, 2015. That's not 100 years ago, guys. Okay, they had five straight winning seasons, five straight playoff appearances. Shouldn't be Pittsburgh. It was a penalty late that cost them that opportunity. They had an 11 and 12 win season mixed in to those five straight years of getting to the playoffs. Okay, and with with Carson Palmer, he got hurt in a playoff game where they made a one eight game. Andy Dalton had success. So this notion that Joe Burrow is going to a place that's never won, never had success, never had a quarterback do anything is utterly ridiculous. I mean, come on, come on! They're gonna say quarterbacks have never had any success. They've done nothing but lose in Cincinnati. I remember talking to Mike Brown back in '83, '84, prior to the draft. Steve Young had gone to the USFL. They were thinking about Boomer size. They took Boomer in the second round, had three first round picks, and that didn't really pan out, right? Yet a few years later, Boomer was in a Super Bowl, and he could have won against that great 49er team had it not been for the Montana Drive. Okay, well something happened when you have three first round picks do a lot. Some personnel got taken in there to help Boomer size and get to that Super Bowl. So this notion that Mike Brown and the Bengals don't know how to do it and don't know how to get it done, yes, it's not the traditional way. The coaches are heavily involved. Okay, fine. But it's not like Joe Burrow's going to a place where he has zero chance to be successful. And ironically, nobody wanted Joe Burrow coming out of high school. He said, hey, nobody wanted me. Okay, now you're going to say, I don't want to go to the Bengals. Or I don't wanna... And now all of a sudden you're going to flip the script. Uh-uh. Joe Burrow will be fine. The Bengals will be fine. Come on. Now, Zach, I have not heard Mel Kuyper that fired up since Bill Tobin, the former Colts personnel man, challenged his authority. What do you think when you hear Mel Kuyper defending your team in that way? Well, that's great to hear. You know, we, we felt that was a silly narrative all along, you know, that's not based on facts. But this is kind of a what have you done for me lately league. And, and you know, the, the famous saying, you are what your record says you are. We're not proud of what our record was last year, but – Again, we, we know that there's a lot of things they're encouraged by and, and that we have a bright future. Um, so, a, again, we, we didn't want to stomp our feet and scream when people say things that, that we don't think make a lot of sense, but that's just the way the world works sometimes. And so all we can do is put our head down and get back to work and, and prove people like Mel Kuyper right. You know, it's great to hear that. Now, the rules during the offseason were that you were allowed to have virtual contact with prospects, and you guys, as you should, had contact with the LSU quarterback, Joe Burrow. What did you learn about Joe Burrow during your interaction with him during this virtual offseason, Zach? Yeah, they, they've been really positive meetings. You know, I think our staff has done a great job of, of meeting with a number of guys to make sure we get all the information on them and, and have the proper evaluation. And Joe certainly falls in that category. You know, you, you use the time that's that's allotted. Um, and so it, it's it's been all encouraging things. It's He's as advertised. You know, he's sharp. He loves ball. Um, 
you know, it means a lot to him. He puts a lot of work into it. He's always prepared. So those are just things, you know, as you try to get to know somebody um, that's in that conversation, you know, we, we feel like we've got to know him really well. As you watched tape on him, and I'm sure you watched quite a bit of it, what was the one thing that most impressed you? Well, I think there's a lot of things that are, are common sense when it comes to him, but just his ability to create and extend plays um, is something that really gave them some some extra opportunities that were off script. Um, obviously, they had they're a great coaching staff, and he's got a lot of great players around him, but um, there's a lot of plays that he made that not everybody can make, and um, those things are exciting to see. You know, they, they matter in this league. And so, you know, he, he's put a lot of that on tape. Zach, it's draft week. What happens if somebody comes to you with an offer you can't refuse? I think we're very comfortable with the direction we're headed. And, you know, I, I don't see that scenario being likely that, that we want to make a move. You know, it's, um, again, if you believe in someone at that first pick and, and other teams are, are trying to give you things to move up and get it, then that just verifies really what you think about the prospect. And so um, I, we're all comfortable with the direction we're headed. So have you ever been a part of a team that's had the number one overall pick before? No, I have not. The only, probably the earliest pick I had was um, when I was in Miami at some point. You know, we we took Tannehill one year with the eighth pick. Um, But no, certainly never been part of a number one pick team. And I should ask you, let's assume your team does go ahead and take Joe Burrow on Thursday night. What happens with Andy Dalton? What are your plans there? Well, you know, my, my standard line has been everything has been on the table with him because it truly is, you know. And so um, we, we really take it week to week and, and just make sure that we make the best decision for the club. And he, he's a guy that we've got tremendous respect for. And um, obviously he's done a lot of great things for the city and the organization and, and faced a lot of adversity with us last year and never flinched, you know, and I'll always appreciate that. So, again, we'll just we'll, we'll see where the draft heads for us and, and take it week to week with Andy. Zach, I've asked you about the number one overall pick. I've asked you about Joe Burrow. I've asked you about Andy Dalton. But this offseason, your team was very busy, spent a lot of money, signed the defensive tackle, DJ Reader, the linebacker, Josh Bynes, the cornerback, Trey Waynes, the cornerback, Mackenzie Alexander, the safety, Von Bell, the cornerback, LaShawn Sims. What stood out about all those additions to you, Zach? Well, you know, we, we targeted those guys really before free agency started. And so it was really exciting to see us. Uh, really get guys that, that from day one we said, hey, we, we'd like to add this group to the team. And it worked out as well as it could have worked out for us. And so they're all going to play different roles for us, you know, but um, they, they've all got the right mindset and tangibles. Um, they're going to fit into the culture that we're building here in Cincinnati. I know that they're all really excited to be here. They bring great energy. And we, we think that the best days are ahead for all those guys, you know. And so uh, really excited to get them, Xavier Suofilo, Mike Thomas at receiver, uh, so, so there's some guys we added on offense as well that we targeted that we think are really going to help us. And so, it, again, it was it was a, a productive offseason for us. But again, that stuff's just on paper right now. We got to we got to find ways to create the chemistry and the unity as a team and um, get those guys integrated in what we want to do. It's it's certainly um, it's it's challenging with how that's going to take place, but we're excited to to see how it all unfolds. A very tough division too. When you look at it, you got Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, Baker Mayfield in Cleveland, Ben Roethlisberger. Should be back in Pittsburgh. What did you learn last season about being in the AFC North and competing against those teams, Zach? Man, it, it's a it's a big physical division, and it's not surprising. That's not something you learn. I've I've played these guys before, um, being in the AFC before with Miami, so there's no shock there. But um, it is a battle for six of those weeks. You know, you you got to be ready to be physical, and those are all three really good teams that are turning up, and so. 
we got a work cut out for us, but we're excited about it, you know, and, and we wouldn't really want to have it any other way. You got to earn it. And before I let you go, I guess you'll be at home Thursday, Friday, and Saturday for the draft. What is your draft set up like in the Zach Taylor household? Yeah, I, I've got a nice office situation uh, downstairs in our basement. And so I'll be able to stay away from some people. You know, I got four kids running around the house and, um, you know, I got two boys that, that they, they're kind of starting to enjoy this process. They're nine and seven. And so um, they know some of the guys in the draft and they've watched a couple with me. So um, it, it'll be fun. It, it'll be unique. It'll be different. We'll probably never do anything like this again. So um, we'll just see what it is and, and take it as its own experience. And I'm looking forward to see how it shakes out for everybody. Have your two boys made recommendations about who you should be drafting? <laughs> no, they, the, the tricky part with them is when you watch a player, they just assume that you're going to get them. And so that's <laughs> the part you have to explain. I'm thankful that they're not in school right now because that's how rumors get started. I would imagine uh, with all their friends and teachers asking them those questions. So it's nice to be in isolation because I can, I can have them watch tape with me and trust that they're not, they're not seeing anybody right now. So, um, you know, it, it'll be it'll be a fun night for them too because uh, they they collect all the trading cards and things like that. There's a lot of rookie cards, so they've gotten to know these prospects um, as well as any nine and seven year old kid around the country would know them. And I know your your nine year old's a basketball fan because when I was in Indianapolis back in February, back when we were allowed to travel and at the Pacers Bucks game, who's there in the yeah. crowd taking in the game? But Zach Taylor himself with his son there taking in the so. That's an awesome thing that you could share a basketball game in February and the draft at home in your own house a couple of months later in April. Oh yeah, that's and and that quick story there, Adam, because I think it was pretty funny. Is I'm sitting there and these two guys behind me. It's about an hour before tip off because we we got screwed up on the uh, Eastern and Central times. Um, are behind me texting that uh, Adam Schefter's here and one of them doesn't know who Adam Schefter is. He's like Adam Schefter, the guy that's on TV that breaks all the news and. And they're like, no, he's not. Oh, next time he comes over, I'll point him out. And so while I overhear this conversation, I start texting you on the side, you know, and all of a sudden you walk right up to our seats and these guys, they can't figure out what to make of the situation. So uh, that was funny. And also, as you know, Giannis didn't play that night, which was one yep. of the main reasons why I took my son to the game. He wanted to see Giannis and, and he just had a baby that morning. So, uh, but we still had a great experience. It was great to see you. And uh, I just thought that was a pretty funny moment. Very disappointing for your son and for me that Giannis wasn't yeah. there. Uh, the, the, the guys that you were sitting with, they didn't realize and recognize who you were. I don't believe so. I, I don't believe so. They were they were friendly guys. I don't think they ever made sense of the situation, but uh, it was it was fun to watch it play out. Uh, they're only sitting right behind the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, the man that is going to be making the number one overall pick on Thursday. No big deal there. They they missed the whole story, Zach. Yeah, yeah, I don't think people realize how close Indy is. You know, I, I think you had that comment too. It's about an hour and twenty minutes away, so um, it's easy ride over for Pacers games. Easy ride over for the combine. It's it's pretty close. Well, Zach, thank you very much for the time today. Truly appreciate it. Good luck this week with the draft. I hope your boys enjoy it at home too, and I hope everything works out for the Bengals the way you'd like. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. And there is Zach Taylor, who never would have imagined that he'd be in this position doing a virtual draft from home, with the number one overall pick, no less, drafting the guy who was the first guest on this podcast, Joe Burrow. And before we sign off for the week, I'd like to bring in my producer, Christina Buswell. Christina, let's get some Ask Adam questions the week in the NFL draft. Ask Adam. Ask Adam. Ask Adam. Ask Adam. Ask Adam. We should ask Adam. So we're just two days away from this year's NFL draft. Kyle on Twitter wants to know, 
Following Monday's mock NFL draft, what issues arised? And has the league figured out what they're going to do if a team can't communicate to make their picks? Well, listen, I, everybody's all worked up about this, Christina. But what I would say to you and Kyle, who asked the question, is that they've gone through this. There will be glitches. This this is not a perfect, flawless system. Everybody's going through it the first time. That's why they had the rehearsal on Monday. And there was a glitch with the Bengals picket number one, lasted two and a half minutes, but they figured it out and they got through it. And that's what's going to happen on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. If there's a glitch, they could stop it down. They could just delay it by a minute or two, whatever it is, to get it fixed. But there are so many systems in place to communicate the picks and get them in. I, I don't think that there's going to be some major issue. This isn't, you know, going to be a big, complicated process. I don't think, you know, it reminds me a little bit of, what we went through leading into the year Y2K. Okay, everybody was all worked up. Oh boy, we have the turn of the century. What's going to happen on the computers? Is all the information going to be wiped out? People were wondering, panicked, concerned. It was fine. And I think that's what's going to happen with this draft. It'll come off. It'll go. There may be some glitches. There may be some issues. Big deal. Everybody will get through it. That's the times we're living in. There's no other way. And that's exactly what Trey Wingo said last week. It's going to be messy, but we're going to get through it. There you go. What, what else we got here today, Christina? So we heard from one elite quarterback in this year's draft so far, Joe Burrow. But one fan is wondering about another elite quarterback, an Alabama quarterback. Is it still the most likely scenario that Tua ends up with the Dolphins? And where else could you see him going if the Dolphins don't pick him? Well, I think that Tua will be going five or six. And I don't know how it'll play out just yet. Look, if Miami wants him, Miami gets him, I think. So... Those are the two places you're watching, five and six. If he doesn't go five or six, then it gets really interesting, really interesting. But I don't think that that's going to happen. I just think that those teams have a need at the quarterback. They recognize the talent that Tua is. And I think ultimately that one of them will make the pick. We'll see how it goes. But I, I think Tua going in, if I had a better dollar, I would say, well, he's going to be a dolphin. I think he'll be a dolphin or a charger. If he's not, I'll be very surprised. Now, in this podcast alone, we've mentioned the Dolphins, we've mentioned the Bengals. Various teams around the league have released new uniform looks. Of all of these new looks, which one is your favorite? Well, as we tape this, we're taping this at about 9.30 on Tuesday morning. And the Chargers uniforms are coming out at 9.45 Eastern. So by the time people are listening to this, the Chargers uniforms will be out. And without even seeing them, Christina, I'm going to say to you, that's my favorite uniform. Because if there's wow. anything like the powder blues and the thunderbolts and all those things, I'm going to say the Chargers are going to vault to the top ahead of the Patriots, ahead of the Buccaneers, ahead of the Browns, ahead of all those teams that have released new uniforms. I'm looking forward to seeing these uniforms here in about 15 minutes. Well, you've hyped them up, and now I'm excited to see them too. Yeah, I think they're, I think they're going to be pretty good. That, that That's my prediction that the Chargers will be the one that, that, that wins the prize. Now, one final question. We're just a few days away from draft weekend. We've asked every other guest so far what their draft setup is going to look like. Adam, what is your draft setup going to look like? What kind of snacks are you going to have? What kind of meals are you getting brought in? Let us know what is your draft setup going to look like for this upcoming weekend. Yeah, you know, to me, it's just going to be living my life, right? I got my wife and two kids home, so they're going to be doing what they're doing. I, I'd like to have pizza at some point because I love pizza. I was thinking actually of bringing bagels one morning. It's kind of a treat. I don't, I usually don't have that very much, but um, I, I don't even know where I can get them right now, but there's a place that I think delivers some. So I make, make a call for that. Um, and honestly, 
you know, it's, it's just funny because we've talked about the eating. It's a big element to me. And, and I always like to plan it out. But I'm in my house and I, I'm eating like the same things every day. I'm having yogurt and blueberries and granola in the morning, you know, some kind of fruit snack in the afternoon. And then, and then we'll have some dinner, whatever it is. Either my wife cooks or we'll get pizza or we'll get some pasta, some curbside delivery, whatever it may be. Pretty basic stuff. I'm not a big snacker. I, I do like energy bars. We don't have any energy bars in the house. So um, that's that's disappointing. Like, I, I love uh, Nugo energy bars. They're really good. But I don't have them in my house right now. So if Nugo's listening to this, Christina, and they want to FedEx <laughs> me Nugo bars for the draft, I will I will give them a plug on Instagram, on my account, at Adam Schefter. Um, I like the mint chocolate chip. I like the chocolate chip. I like the vanilla. You think you get that done, Christina? <laughs> I'll put the word out there and see what I can do. And one final note for the listeners, if you want your questions answered, go ahead and tweet your question with hashtag AskAdam. Each week, we'll go through, pick a handful of questions, and yours might get picked. So anyway, Christina, thank you to Nugo Nutrition if they're listening. Thank you to Joe Burrow for taking some time out of his schedule before he gets ready for his big moment Thursday night with his family in Athens, Ohio, when he becomes a Cincinnati Bengal. And thank you to the Bengals head coach, Zach Taylor, who's getting ready to groom Joe Burrow to be his starting quarterback. And thank you, the listener, for tuning into another Adam Schefter podcast during this pandemic. Thank you to all the frontline workers, hospital workers, doctors, nurses, first responders, people in the grocery stores, people out on the streets delivering food, all our heroes, all the people that are making our society work at this incredibly difficult and challenging time. We hope that we can provide you with a little bit of entertainment Thursday, Friday, Saturday with the 2020 NFL Draft. Hopefully everybody's tuning in to ABC and ESPN to watch us from our homes from this virtual draft, and hopefully we can provide a little bit of a diversion for our country that we know sure could use it at this point in time. We'll be back again next week with another Adam Schefter podcast. And until then, be safe, stay well, and enjoy the 2020 draft.